Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Coming up in this episode... I know you're trapped. There's a way out. Mika Watkins, creator and showrunner of YouTube sci-fi drama Origin, tells C21 TV about making the show and the impact such streamers are having on the business. And... We'll be putting your Icelandic language skills to the test with the Flaty Enigma, the latest Scandi drama to come from Saga Film, the producer of series including Stella Blomqvist and Case. And we'll be hearing from Carrie Stein, Executive Vice President of Global Scripted Series at Q Media Group, about her first 12 months at the company. But first, a rundown of some of the news highlights from C21 Media this week. With the UK plunging ever deeper into uncertainty over Brexit, Discovery Communications confirmed it's preparing to move its European headquarters out of London and has applied for broadcast licences in the Netherlands to protect its channels in the European Union. The company joins a growing number of US players taking steps to safeguard themselves in the event of the UK crashing out of the EU without a deal. The Commercial Broadcasters Association, which counts Discovery among its members, has repeatedly warned that a no-deal Brexit would cause major damage to the nation's broadcast sector, currently home to around 650 international channels, more than any other European country. NBC Universal announced plans for the launch of its own streaming service and named Bonnie Hammer, chairman of its cable entertainment and studios division, as boss of a new direct-to-consumer and digital enterprise arm to deliver it. The as-yet-unnamed service will arrive in 2020, available for free to parent Comcast's existing pay TV subscribers in the US and globally via Sky in Europe, which the company acquired last year. Meanwhile, in response to such mounting competition, Netflix revealed a hike in its subscription prices ahead of fourth quarter earnings. The firm's most popular standard package rose from $11 to $13 per month, its basic plan from $8 to $9 and its premium four-screen offering from $14 to $16. Finally, returning to Brexit, since we simply can't get away from it, French pay TV operator Canal Plus acquired the Channel 4 single drama of the same name starring Benedict Cumberbatch as the Vote Leave campaigner Dominic Cummings. Written by acclaimed playwright James Graham, the show doubled Channel 4's slot average among older upmarket viewers when it debuted last week. Those are just some of the stories published on c21media.net this week. Dive into the site for hundreds more. Q Media Group arrived on the scene two years ago, listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange with offices there in New York, Los Angeles and London. Set up by Blue Ice Group co-founder Stephen Silver and Alliance Atlantis alumnus Peter Sussman, it landed with a splash, announcing a string of acquisitions including Content Media Core, Frantic Films and Jigsaw Films. It's since powered on, buying up more businesses and expanding across genres spanning factual, reality, lifestyle drama and more. A year ago, the firm signalled its intent to build greater capability in the latter category with the hire of Carrie Stein, who previously headed global production for Entertainment One Television. 
I sat down with Stein and asked her what appealed to her about the role and where she plans to take the business. It's interesting because I joined a company that has a tremendous entrepreneurial spirit, which I think speaks to what I've done most of my career, trying to package television shows maybe a little bit differently, maybe relying on what used to be known as the film model, but I've been doing that since my, my final years at ICM, which is going back to 2005. Q Media Group have acquired 14 companies since they launched. One of the companies is Content Media, which was a, a, a UK-based distribution company, and that has now been rebranded as Q Media Distribution. And it's headed by Greg Phillips and Jonathan Ford is head of sales. We distribute Line of Duty, for instance, you know, which is a hit TV show that Greg and Jonathan acquired back in the day before it was Q Media based on a relationship. Fletchley Circle is a show that was put together in a very entrepreneurial way. It was made originally for ITV, and for various reasons, ITV didn't renew the show, and Jonathan and Greg worked to find a way to fund it differently. Omni, which is a Vancouver-based company that we have a strong relationship with, said, let's find a Canadian partner. And they put it together with a Canadian partner, with BritBox, and then ITV came back on board. So that's just an example of the kind of thing they were doing before they hired me to build their scripted business. But it reflects certainly what I'm doing in building that business. In just one year, the business has changed dramatically. There's more competition. It is, it is by far the most competitive market I have ever lived through. And people, people often say, well, there's so many more buyers and there's so much more content. Doesn't that make it easier? But everybody is flocking to television. So the, the bar is higher. You're now competing with movie star talent, feature film producers, film writers, and TV producers from all over the world. It's no longer just a Hollywood business. And so how do you build a scripted business for an indie, studio, which is what Q is, in this competitive market. You know, if you look at the 14 companies that have been acquired so far, the majority of them are unscripted. The handful of scripted companies, Sienna in Toronto, who's, you know, a dynamo uh, producer, not just a Canadian producer, but a global producer. Jigsaw Productions, which is Alex Gibney's company. Uh, and while Alex is known primarily for his docs and unscripted television, we are now launching a massive uh, initiative on the scripted side. We're hiring an executive and, um, and Alex is really keen for his scripted business to be as robust as his unscripted business. We also have acquired a company called Awesome TV, which is Jeff Norton's company in the UK. And Jeff is a fantastic IP guy. He's published 30 novels and he has fantastic commercial instincts. And in, in looking to acquire other scripted companies, we're obviously looking in the UK market, the US market, maybe Europe. And so, so that'll help expedite that effort. The second thing we're doing is we're looking for free ball projects to fuel our distribution pipeline. But that's a very competitive and challenging process. The third thing we're doing is building a slate, you know, a very selective slate based on 
you know, my relationships. Those shows are geared toward the U.S. market and the global market. And we're also looking at different models. So we have a couple of shows that we're doing where we are funding production. One of them is a much lower budget uh, half hour drama, which we're shooting in a way that is a lot less expensive and therefore it makes sense to fund it. Um, it's, it's a budget that if we were acquiring a show, we would spend that. And so the idea that we can partner with a very significant showrunner on what we think is a commercial idea and go make it is exciting. Two other shows that we're doing, we are co-funding with a global channel group. And I guess in the past, we would be putting up a deficit. And in this case, we're 50-50 partners. And that's exciting, you know, when you're able to green light your own show and move forward. And you're betting on your creative instincts, that the concept is strong, that it's going to stand out in a crowded marketplace, and that ultimately you're going to get key partners involved. We, we are paying for scripts on occasion. We have a couple of projects with not young writers, but new TV writers. Uh, we're working with a woman who is a novelist and a, and a short story writer, and she's a brilliant writer. And we're working with her on her first TV project, and we're paying her to write the script. And I, I feel like that's a good gamble to take. But we're not doing anything five times. I'd say everything we're doing is very particular to the project and how it came to us. I would hope that a year from now, we have a strong, a scripted company in the UK and a couple of companies in the US that we are working with. I'd like to see our current scripted companies on base with a couple of their shows that we're currently out with. Line of Duty is a huge show for us. It sells fantastically well. Uh, Frankie Drake, which launched its second season, to very good ratings. And Bletchley Circle has had a tremendous launch in its first season. I mean, it's its third season from the original show, but in this reincarnation, which is set in San Francisco, it's doing very well and discussions are underway for another season. So those, those three shows certainly, and then I would expect to see many more behind that. Carrie Stein, Executive Vice President of Global Scripted Series at Q Media Group. Now, uncertainty may be hanging over the UK, but it's also hanging over YouTube's commitment to original drama, after reports emerged at the end of last year that the Google-owned company was moving away from scripted. This made things rather awkward for YouTube head of original drama series John Wax at C21's International Drama Summit in London in late November, addressing the audience the morning after the story broke. You can hear his response in an earlier episode of this podcast, but at the same event, the company showed off one of its latest productions from a string of 50 original series lined up for 2019. Origin is a 10-part science fiction thriller from Left Bank Pictures, Midnight Radio and China International Television Corps. The series, which dropped before Christmas, was created by Mika Watkins, whose previous credits include episodes of Stan Lee's Lucky Man and Troy, Fall of a City. Michael Pickard, editor of C21's Drama Quarterly magazine, sat down with her and asked her to explain the story and her views on the impact of streamers on TV. Ten strangers who wake up on a spacecraft uh, that was bound for another planet and they'd gone with the promise of if you go and become part of colonisation of this new planet Thea, 
will erase your past and give you the chance to start again. But when they wake up, uh, the whole crew and all the other passengers have disappeared and they don't know why. And there's some kind of monstrous presence on the ship. Um, and in every episode we flash back and we find out why that character got on the ship to begin with. It's a story set on a spaceship, but it's really about the people that are on the spaceship. And um, every episode we tell a completely different self-contained story about them and who they are. So we start, the first episode is a kind of Japanese mafia story. The second one is about a security detail in Washington. And then we have like a VR love story, a German spy noir. It's completely different in every episode. And I think that's what's quite exciting about the show is the chance to sort of dip into all these different genres. It's a bit like writing an anthology show because every episode is a completely different story that begins and ends. But then at the same time, you have this serial that's going on on the ship, which is sort of sci-fi horror. So I think for me, it was what made it so exciting. <laughs> I had an amazing time with YouTube. They were a really great partner. I think they really um, empowered me when I needed it and then they stepped back when also they understood that it was kind of my vision and I was doing the work. I think they were very straightforward. They went straight to series for 10 hours, which is with a great budget. So my experience with them was really positive. I think the stream, at the end of the day, the streamers at the moment hold most of the power. I think we're really in the UK having to compete with them. So I think the way that a lot of broadcasters are approaching that is to do co-production so that they have bigger budgets, they can make better shows. I think there will always be bread and butter UK shows that um, we, we will do here, but I think ultimately for me personally, I'm more drawn to streaming platforms because they make bolder, more ambitious things. So yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the landscape changes. Mika Watkins creator and showrunner of Origin. That's just a small extract of a C21 interview you can watch in full on our site now, where you'll find plenty more, including another featuring Kjartan Tor Tordarsson, chief executive of Saga Film. The Icelandic production company's latest Scandi drama, The Flaty Enigma, aired recently on local station RUV and is being sold internationally by Sky Vision. Here's Tor Darsen talking about the four-part show and the trend for collaboration among Nordic broadcasters. The Flatte Enigma is a mystery drama set in uh, 1971 in Iceland in a run-up to a historic event when uh, the Danes returned the manuscripts, old manuscripts of the Viking Age to Iceland. And the series is based on a book that has been published in 34 countries around the world. And we follow uh, our protagonist, who is uh, a lady that uh, comes from uh, Paris after spending 10 years in Paris. And she's in Iceland back to bury her father. Her father has been researching the book of Latte for the last few years of his life and actually spent the rest of, you know, most of his life researching that manuscript, trying to solve an ancient riddle. And the riddle is supposed to point to the last burial place of the last Viking lord in Iceland. A Danish professor that's also researching the Book of Latte is murdered. She becomes the prime suspect. So now she needs to fight for her innocence. And the only thing she can do to solve her life is to solve the mystery of the Flatte Enigma. That's what we want to do with I think collaboration is the key theme 
in uh, this year and hopefully will be continued into the following years. Uh, collaboration between broadcasters working together to raise the budgets to do bigger and better things. And I can see a wave of that happening. I hear about channels in Europe thinking about working together closer to co-commission series. And I think that is good for the industry. We need more collaborations in order to make more content from Europe. But I don't want to look at uh, as what as a threat in, into this industry. I think it's a complementary thing. I think uh, there is a lot of more cooperation happening between the SWATs and the and the linear broadcasters, and I see that continuing. And I hope it will continue because that enables our content to travel further. I think also that the collaboration that has been done in Scandinavia, where the state broadcasters work together and the independents work together, and how all of those channels work then with SWOT, local SWOT platforms as well, has driven growth in Scandinavia. And I think it can drive growth around Europe as well if uh, more channels come together to work towards uh, strengthening uh, the offer and strengthening the quality of the content. Charten Tor Tordarsen. If you want to know more about the public broadcaster collaborations that are happening across Europe in the face of growing competition from SVOD, look out for our ongoing C21 Pro 2019 Global Drama Trends Report, the instalments from which are publishing on the site daily. That's all we have time for in this week's episode. The C21 team will be heading to Nappy and Kids Screen in Miami, Real Screen in New Orleans, Sundance and Primetime Ottawa over the next few weeks. So be sure to track us down there and listen out for our audio reports. There'll be plenty of news too, so stay up to date with all the latest industry developments by following C21 online on Twitter and on mobile. Thanks for listening.